Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second and address some questions that have come my way about the future of precision. Short answer, precision is not going anywhere. In fact, we are working really hard to develop even more workshop and clinic topics to help athletes, coaches, and judges progress. So while you may have heard me say that we are on our last summer of precision camps, that doesn't mean that we are at our last season of precision. So what does that mean for camps? Well, instead of doing our typical summer series of between six and eight summer camps between June and August, we will be offering fewer but bigger camps so that we can provide more workshops and clinics. If you're curious about what those workshops and clinics are, go check out precisionchoreo.com and especially go to the registration page and you can see events that are currently happening that you can jump in on. If you are a gym that wants to host one of the few summer camps we will be putting on in summer 2023, please reach out to me at precisionchoreo at gmail.com and let me know that you're interested. All right, let's get back to the show. It was, it was so bad. The training conditions were, were really tough. I don't know what they were like in China, in Beijing, but ours were really, really bad. Hey guys, and welcome back to another full episode of What Makes You Think, the show that flips the traditional interview format, showing you a unique, very interesting side to some of your favorite figures in gymnastics. Welcome to episode 67. This is part two of What Makes Corey Lothrop Think. And if you didn't check out part one, I suggest you go back to episode 66 and listen to that first as this is a carryover from that episode. Today, Corey's gonna take us through what it was like to go through the Olympic selection process, the training conditions as she trained as an alternate for the Olympic team, and her life after elite gymnastics. So sit back or sit up if you're driving, and enjoy part two of what makes Corey Lothrop think. All right, so let's jump over to dun, 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 Olympic trials. Okay. Oh my God, I look so young. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I was really just so excited to be here because, I, like I said, I didn't think I was in the mix, honestly, at all. I thought maybe... Maybe I'll get invited to trials and my journey will end there. And that's great because I didn't even know I would get that far. Um, and I was so excited because we got uh, the leotards. And I and I think, you know, there is just something about putting on like a, like a branded Team USA leotard. So it just kind of gives you a little bit more of a confidence boost. Oh, so you liked um, this leotard? I did like this one. Okay. All right. We got one. That's good. Yes. This, oh, but this one was... Um, I think I would have liked it regardless because it has a USA on the sleeve. So I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I like all of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't know that I was going to be on TV. So that was great. And then Tim Daggett talked about my dad a little bit, which was nice because we actually know him um, from Region 6, I believe. Yep. Yep. And I love, I loved competing floor. I liked this floor routine. Uh, I can't say that about my previous floor team, but I actually did really like this one. So I was um, happy to show it off. Did you have say in your music or choreography as an elite? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. But one year before this, the 2007 and 2006, I believe, my floor team was choreographed by, oh, I'm drawing a blank, the, our dance um instructor at camp and yes and the music was horrible 
and the dance was also very horrible but you know what they liked it and i and i think i felt like okay that if this is the routine i have to do to be a part of this then i'll do it but mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it at all <laughs> and also this floor routine is watered down because my first pass was supposed to be a two and a half front full and i did a two and a half front layout so normally I feel like you would watch this routine and be like, ew, why did she open up with just that? <laughs> it's because it was watered down. <laughs> Nobody's watching you and going, ew, first of all. <laughs> um, okay, so it was all um, right. That double pike is like, not to, you know, steal Tim Daggett's words, yeah. but textbook. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I waited in the corner for so long, but um, this... And this is also back when we had to do five tumbling passes, um, which was wild because ridiculous. it was so much. We had to have five tumbling passes, leap series, a turn. I was like, oh my God. And then perform as well. Perform, breathe. <laughs> yeah, that's there's a novel idea. <laughs> so I want to hear about then the leading up to the announcement. You were back backstage, back, you know, whatever, back mm-hmm. in the trenches. You know, what where were you what was the room like what was the energy like what was the announcement like and then how did you feel i just want to hear from you what that was all about yeah i think it was all um we obviously knew that the first two spots of olympic trials was going was on the team so we Mm -hmm. knew it was going to be sean and nastia Mm -hmm. um and then after that i think some people like we kind of knew who was going to be in it it was those final like five or six spots for the the Olympic selection camp. So it was like, oh my God, that was the longest year of my life because it was classics. Everything was bumped up obviously because it was a yep. year of the Olympics. So classics in like early June and then two day competition for championships late June and then two days competition Olympic trials and then two days competition for Olympic selection camp and then training and then the olympics so oh my god it was so long um but i think a lot of a lot of people were really just um i mean for me i was excited to be there i thought i was done i was like this is great i've done my job um you know if i go on that's fantastic if not 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 too worried about it because i i can't believe that i'm here yeah and so i think a lot of us at that time were kind of in that place of like this could this could uh be really cool for us but also like we're homies because we're kind of in the same boat yeah but i think a lot of other people were very nervous and a little bit concerned but it was just kind of chaotic i can't really remember too much that was happening but i know we're all like standing around waiting and then they were then they just like bam 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 were naming off who was going to be um selection camp and to get us in line in I think alphabetical order. Because oh, I was wait standing. a mm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Weren't you guys like back in line and like somebody was just basically tapping you on the head being like, you, 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 you. But potentially because I got chosen and then I started crying and it was on TV. And I think my like uncle was texting my mom like, why is she crying? What's happening? What's going on? And then I was like texting, like then other people were texting my mom like, why is she crying? What's happening? So I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to the selection camp. I can't believe it. Because <laughs> then at that point, I was like, wow, I guess I actually am in in this mix 
Yeah, you are. Um, so yeah, that, that was really exciting. And they, I want to say they put us in alphabetical order because I was next to Nastia and I would have never been next to her. So, and then, yeah. And then after that, we just kind of, of course, went back home and trained some more (laughs) and then left however many weeks later for another two days of selection camp. And that was, oh, that was a lot. I think everybody was so tired by then, honestly. Yeah, because you know we had just proven ourselves. Now we have to prove ourselves not okay. only again once but twice. And yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a long process. So I I can't even imagine what what people's minds and bodies were feeling like. You know, by event finals for the Olympics because I was so tired after mm-hmm. um, being in Japan training with the other alternates like. Mentally and physically, I was so exhausted. And you guys were totally separated from the team as alternates, right? Like training yeah, separately. Totally separated and- um, in Japan, training t- exactly the same as everybody else in a gym that was not air conditioned. Oh, no. A, we had a fan and they opened the doors. And I was, I actually took pictures of myself like at the time because every um, practice I was. I was drenched in sweat. I would do a handstand hold for a minute and I would have a puddle of sweat under my oh, head. Um, it was, it was so bad. <laughs> the training conditions were, were really tough. I don't know what they were like in China, in Beijing, but ours were really, really wow. bad. <laughs> wow. Oh, all right. We're going to take a, a quick journey back now. So, Oh my God. This show is brought to you by TumbleTrack. TumbleTrack trains smart. And speaking of training smart, have you tried the Porcupine Pad? This thing is great. It was developed by Brett Wargo over at Ascend Gymnastics, and it's developed to help athletes understand where the low bar is when they're coming through in giants and tap swings. You know, a lot of athletes are so concerned about hitting their feet on the low bar that they overpike. So what this training tool does is it provides them a guide of just how close they are to the equipment. With soft bristles, they'll feel them on their feet and know if they can open up more. We use them at this summer's precision camps and they really do make a difference. So head over to tumbletrack.com, use the code THINK22 to get your very own porcupine bar pad. TumbleTrack's website is T-U-M-B-L-T-R-A-K.com. This show is brought to you by Creatively Disruptive, the marketing team behind your team. And man, do they understand the gymnastics industry. If you're a club owner, director, or manager trying to increase your enrollment, and who's not trying to do that, check them out at creativelydisruptive.com and let them show you what they can do. Not only will they devise an effective marketing strategy just for your club, they'll be with you every step of the way through execution and beyond. Want to get a little taste of what they do? Well, head over to Facebook and join the Gymnastics Business and Marketing Facebook group. There's tons of free information and resources in there that I promise you will benefit from. So remember, creativelydisruptive.com and the Gymnastics Business and Marketing Facebook group. We're going to take a a quick journey back now. So, oh my God. Oh my God. 2004. I'm 12. Oh my God. I love that. Look at you. Loved that leotard. Well, because it's all black. It's all black. Yes. All (laughs) black. And it had a crystal um, um, B on the back. Oh, yikes. 
oh god <laughs> oh god and this is what i brought to kelly <laughs> So I want to know if you can get yourself back to 12-year-old Corey. Okay. And you told her that she was going to end up on that Olympic training squad. What would she have said? What would she have thought? Yeah, she probably would have said, you're, cra- <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> because look at that form. <laughs> uh, but no, I honestly, and I wasn't one of those gymnasts that had a dream to go to the Olympics. I think because I never truly thought it was in reach of my skills. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it only really became something that I thought I could do probably when I qualified for trials. <laughs> like it took well, me so long it because it happened. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I was good enough or consistent enough. Um, I had the skills. I just, from what I feel, I don't feel I had the consistency. So, and of course, like that's what they're looking for, but I also want big skills too. So, and form. So I was like, ah, I feel like I have the big skills, but I can't do 10 for 10 or whatever. So it wasn't until honestly that the year after the Olympics was when I felt like I was getting in my groove, Mm -hmm. um, had, had been chosen for that, uh, European tour. Mm-hmm. And it was like me, Bridget Sloan, Kitra, um, Maddie, Maddie Larson, mm-hmm. I think Mako Kakwado, mm-hmm. Bridgie Kakwado, Sabrina Vega, and I think Olivia Courtney. <laughs> we call each other twins because we have the same birthday. Ah, uh, gotcha. And I also think that we were both kind of similar on the on our elite experience. We, we mm-hmm. were kind of in the same ball game. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. That's great timing. So you feel like you peaked right after the Olympics? Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> so I was like, all right, great. I'll peak now. So maybe um, I'll get selected for Worlds. And yeah, that, that year after the Olympic World Championships is a pretty sweet spot to be in. Right. And I was like, perfect, because like, who on that 08 team is going to come back for Worlds the year after? So mm-hmm. probably not. So that opens up so many spaces. I'm hitting my peak. I'm getting more consistent. My skills are are good um and in one of those videos my floratine from that um france competition was like the best floratine i'd ever done in my life mm-hmm. the highest difficulty i think i had ever done and the cleanest and i was like all right i'm getting into my stride yeah. and then in the summer i tore my achilles uh, <laughs> what so did that have anything to do with the back double to the front full just saying like that <laughs> you know what i don't know i that injury that I did get from that was like, I rolled my ankle oh, so mm. bad, Ugh. but no, I tore my Achilles. I was, I actually did a full in. I, I, I tore my Achilles on the takeoff of a full in and oh. I completed the full in. Okay. This is, <laughs> sounds gross, but I've heard this before. Did it feel like your, your heel fell off? Um, it felt like I broke the floor. Mm. Like I, like I truly punched and just like went through the floor. Mm-hmm. So, oh God, what a weird yeah. feeling really really weird feeling um and i was like damn i really wanted to be on that world team (laughs) but i was like you know what everything happens for a reason and Mm -hmm. so i just was like all right i'm gonna i'll keep training obviously i'm not like done with gymnastics but i'll keep training and i think let's just like look forward to college and that's what i did and i'm glad i did that that is our last video
I'll keep training. Obviously, I'm not like done with gymnastics, but I'll keep training. And I think let's just like look forward to college. And yep. that's what I did. And I'm glad and I did that. That is our last video. Ooh. Okay. This. Okay. Boom, also, that stick. Just, just know that this routine and the video is not matched up. The, the sound is not matched up to the dance. So I'm not dancing off beat. Okay. <laughs> My my routine did actually go to the beat. This this video is just lagging a little bit, but we wore orange ribbons in our hair because for um, Laura Tebow, for George's old coach at Ace, who had cancer. Um, so we did that for her, which was really nice. And this was also our like alumni kind of meet. So so we actually did this like whole marketing scheme for showing like old Utah poses so that's why i actually ended in a different okay. pose this is not my normal ending position uh, whose was it do you know oh god i don't remember you should have studied for the interview corey uh, they would have killed me they would kill me for not knowing this <laughs> <laughs> that's cool i didn't know that so talk to me about the difference in pressure and expectation that you felt here versus a year or two prior yeah, I think by this is also my super senior year. So by then I had been doing the same passes. Mm -hmm. um, well, I did change my 14 every two years. And also this 14, I loved this 14 because um, I worked with somebody to cut my music. So I had a say in my music, the yeah. cut of it, the dance, because I had a friend choreograph it. And then my senior year, I spruced up certain bits so i got that's when i truly got into choreography cool. um so like half of that routine i i made up myself and i was like so great. excited because it looked cool too it wasn't like you know when you make something up and you're like this is great and then you watch it and you're like oh my god don't let me do that <laughs> but also to do you're creating movement so it's literally coming from you so it's going yeah. to fit and that makes a huge difference you can tell mm -hmm. when somebody's moving in a way that that suits them versus doing yeah. something that they were told to do you can make right. it quote unquote perfect but it's going to miss yeah. those nuances that make it interesting and so mm -hmm. you can definitely see that yeah. now you are currently a part of Cirque du Soleil right yes. mm -hmm. and I think I saw something on social media where you didn't get to celebrate your one year or something <laughs> and now it's your second year is that right yeah I didn't get to celebrate my one year with Larev um the old water show that was at the wind because COVID uh, closed it down. So um, yeah, I was just about to come up on my one year and we ended shows on March 10th was our last show. And my one year was March 26th, which was actually my birthday. And then now that I'm with Cirque, I just passed my one year with Cirque and I did get to perform on my one year. So I was really excited about that. That's great. <laughs> So what's that training like? Oh, oh God. It's, is it harder or easier than your hills training? Um, physically, it's easier. Mentally, it depends on the day. Okay. Mentally, though, it's it's different, but it's still very hard. It's it's harder than I thought it would be um, because a lot of the things I'm doing now are uh, very much reliant on others. And that's really hard. It's weird, right? Gymnasts are not used to be yeah. playing team sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very weird. Um, and so actually, it's been nice because my husband 
comes from a sports acro background. So we did play around a little bit with doing some things in the acro world Mm -hmm. to try to get myself a little bit more um, understanding and trusting of like, this is what it's supposed to feel like and all of that. But yeah, it's different. It gymnastics will help you, but it's, it's like, you have to the basics of gymnastics is perfect for what you need because mm-hmm. past that, it's like, I almost have too good of gymnastics technique and it's hindering me Okay, because I want to do everything myself. And a lot of it is like, if I would just give up control to somebody else, it would make my life easier. But like, that's not easy for a gymnast. <laughs> that is such a great analysis. Yeah. Like talk about therapy, right? Like that yeah. is, cr- that's crazy spot on, I think, mm-hmm. for most gymnasts. And why would you? I mean, you have to trust your spotter, but right. you also know that that's temporary and that's not going to be where you mm-hmm. leave your trust. The trust always comes back to yourself ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So like certain things that I do, um, like one of the things I do in the show, I'm actually cross tumbling, cross tumbling mm-hmm. with somebody. We're doing on a handspring back tuck land on somebody's shoulders so not only do i have to land on somebody's shoulders i have to try to cross tumble and get kind of back to the middle to land on someone's shoulders who also is adjusting to me while i'm adjusting to them and it's been like oh my god it's been the craziest learning process because it's you know it's so foreign it's like learning another language and then having to you know, give a speech to a, to a room in like two weeks. So wow. That's a great analogy. It's pretty crazy, but it's, it's fun. It's challenging. You know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm always up for a challenge um, (laughs) my whole life, (laughs) but it's, it's been really good. And I am, I am really hard on myself and I think everybody at work knows, knows that I am also proud of what I do because you know, it, it is hard to get to this point of like the tricks that we do, even though we make it look easy, it's yeah. very stressful, but I cover yeah. it. <laughs> I yeah. cover it well. I, I try to make people think that I'm very cool and calm and chill. When you I'm are. Dying on, I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun though. I mean, it's, it's so different from gymnastics. The training is so different. The people are, are great. Like I, I have so many I feel like this is more of a place where I belong. I have so many friends and I felt like I I did lack that in club because of course, like training elite, you, you have your elite group, um, whether they're your friends or not, they're really just your training, your training partners Mm -hmm. because everybody is out is doing it for themselves Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, I would say, well, and Utah, all my friends, like all of my teammates were pretty much my sisters. And I'm still in contact with, um, I would say a few of them or quite a few of them. Okay. So this is no longer the, we were strictly teammates and it ended there. Yeah. Yeah. Like before. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now we're cool. I didn't push you on that, by the way. I, I caught it, but I didn't push you on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those stories. <laughs> is that oh. for part two? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is probably going to be two parts. So part three. Okay. <laughs> So regarding Cirque, you know, we we go as an audience and watch. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now have been to a Cirque show Mm -hmm. and it is mind blowing to see the things that are done and the accuracy and the ease in which it looks like they're being done. 
could you share a little bit of maybe stuff that we don't realize is actually happening? Like, are mistakes actually being made and are there backup plans for when that happens? Oh, yeah. People make mistakes all the time. We, we find ways to cover up. Typically, I mean, so in my show, I have like one main act and then I do a couple other acts and a couple other cues, which are just small little things. Um, but in my act in particular, you know when I've messed up. <laughs> so I can't really cover it that well um, because everything is flipped. So it's like if someone falls, well, they've fallen, obviously. Yep. But, but you know, in, in other acts and stuff, we, we mess up and we just kind of, it's like a, what we would call a smooth through on beam. Okay. <laughs> you mess up and you kind of just keep things flowing. So no. Oh, like the, uh, the one and a quarter turn and then you just yes. do a side pose and like, uh -huh. yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Exactly. Like, I, I mean, I've done things where my, my headpiece that I'm wearing has been kicked off or something. And so now <laughs> I just, you know, my cost, part of my costumes on the stage. So as I'm going to my next running to my next spot on the stage or whatever, I just pick it up and put it on. And half the time you can't even tell. And, um, and of course, like we're laughing about it on the way somewhere right. else, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of places where we, we can kind of cover up or somebody can kind of cover it while we're doing something or whatever, but yes, it's not always, it's not always perfect. Um, it's great when it is, <laughs> and it's great yeah, it's when we have clean the whole show is clean, the act is clean, everything like that. But, but it's hard because we, it's a, you know, you're working with people with various backgrounds, various lifestyles, you know, various amounts of sleep people get a night. So it's like everybody, you just have to come into work and do your best. And um, sometimes it goes well and sometimes we we fight through it. But it seems that um, people really enjoy our show. Yeah, <laughs> People are coming to it. And mm -hmm. so, so that's nice. And it is really nice to now have been through the whole elite scene, all of that, all of the hard work. And now I get paid basically to yeah. quote unquote, be a gymnast. Even though I'm more than that now, I'm actually getting paid to do something that I like yes. <laughs> and people appreciate it. People yeah. Appreciate yeah, watching yeah. it. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> do you attribute the longevity for the career that you're in now due to the fact that there isn't that pounding? that you're doing as a gymnast. I mean, from everything that I've seen and I, I could be missing, but it doesn't seem as though there's, I've seen tumbling on like tumble tracks type things and right. aerial work and bar stuff and underwater stuff and things like that. But it doesn't seem like there's that actual plyometric, like pounding type mm -hmm. action happening. Yeah. It's, it's definitely easier on my body. Larev, surprisingly was harder on my body in certain ways although we weren't landing um on like the stage or the ground we were we were flipping and landing in water so that was really nice it was such a good change from landing on mats so now i'm like oh sticking God. yeah like i would never ever tumble and land on like a ground again in my life you shouldn't um, have to but now yeah power track it's yeah it's so much better for my body um teeterboard is it was really hard in the beginning because it's my god the learning curve for teeterboard is absolutely insane <laughs> but once you get it it does get easier um uh -huh. that's the only thing that i would say is pretty pounding but for 
uh, uh, females as a flyer, yep. um, we're not constantly jumping up and down in the show. So we just kind of get on and, and do our thing. We mm-hmm. get flown and launched <laughs> into yeah. the air. Um, but yeah, in terms of landing, we don't have, you know, nearly as hard of a landing as if we were tumbling on the floor. Right. So, so I do think that will help um, in the longevity of being in the show. Um, and there's other tracks as well that can prolong people mm-hmm. people in the show. Like we have a bungee act and that obviously that's a zero, zero impact. Um, so yeah, there, there's always ways to be able to stay, I think, within Cirque, even right. if your body is is hurting because it's it's just not nearly as bad as what it used to be. Right, right. It's your reward. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I have one more question, and I got to give a shout out to Pappy Sprite. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but this is somebody who's commented on the YouTube channel before Mm -hmm. and said that apparently this person is speaking for a large group of listeners, and they really want to hear who other gymnasts' favorite gymnasts were. So I know my, I always looked up to Courtney Coupets because. Mm -hmm. She because she tore her Achilles and came back for the Olympics in such a short amount of time. Whether that's healthy or not, I don't know. <laughs> because should you be able to come back from an injury that fast? Probably not. Just because your body doesn't heal, you can't make your body heal faster than it wants to heal. So I don't know about that um, part. But I I loved her gymnastics. I loved how aggressive she was, and then she just had that amazing career at Georgia. So yeah, I really looked up to her. And I remember one time she came into the gym and I was training and I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. But yeah. And she probably was like, you know, who cares or whatever. But for me as a young gymnast, trying to be where she was, I was like, this is really cool. (laughs) Did that impact your choice to go to Hills at any point? Like, did you consider, or I mean, both gyms obviously have amazing Mm -hmm. athletes that came before you and, and were extremely successful on the Olympic stage, did that have any play into any of your decision-making? I think so. Um, I actually, oh, I don't even have the picture, but I had a picture of me with her back when she was, I think, I don't even know what it was. Maybe it was at like a U.S. Nationals or something. And I just got a picture with her. And um, that's the only one that really stands out in my mind of like yeah. me taking a picture with a famous at the time gymnast that, yeah. and then I ended up going to her gym so I think she always kind of stuck in my mind so yeah yeah I thought she was great <laughs> and that 900 foot high Tkachev that she did yeah that yeah and my and my little Tkachev <laughs> <laughs> oh all right well we have come to the end my friend right. <laughs> we're friends after an hour and a half right yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we didn't um, I think that gymnastics is going in the right direction. I think the culture is changing and I hope that the girls that are in the elite scene and striving to be in the elite scene are happy because I know that there was a lot of unhappiness that came before them that really just didn't need to, it didn't need to be. So I hope everybody who's training is training because they want to train, not because they feel forced or pressured or scared or Feel like they have to do it um because that's it's like it's not a way to live and i and i think it's not a way to you burn out so fast by doing something you don't want to do so 
yeah, I just hope everybody is doing gymnastics because they want to do gymnastics. Mm -hmm. That's all. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Well, how can people follow you and see what you're up to and connect with you if you want them to? Sure. I'm on Instagram. I'm at Corey Dury. And that's C-O-R-R-I-E, D as in dog, U-R-Y. Um, I also do woodworking. So that's what? that's something fun. That's a fun fact. <laughs> so I <know>. random. <laughs> I picked it up during when I bought a house, actually. And then I really did it a lot over the uh, during the pandemic. But like, do you like carve animals out of tree trunks and stuff? What do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I make like sliding barn doors. I make furniture. Um, I renovated with my husband, my, um, our entire house, like everything, flooring, baseboards, drywall, um, kitchen, wow. bathroom. Yeah. So I do that. If anybody's interested, <laughs> it's, um, at Dury designs underscore. And I also do photography. So I'm trying to do all the things just in case another pandemic happens. And then I have different, um, sources of income. <laughs> I'm basically training for the apocalypse. <laughs> I was gonna say some people like the doomsday. What is that called? The doomsday years that have their bunkers and all their stuff. And yeah, you, you are a woodworker and a photographer. We all got our yep. thing. So yes, cool. All right, <laughs> very forward thinking. Uh, yeah, stay busy. I stay busy. Sure do. I don't think you needed those other things, but I know. glad that you have them. Just yes. makes you even more interesting. Yes. Well, I hope you will come back sometime. Thank you for coming on and trusting me because we haven't met each other and i know everybody's gonna love this it will be a two-part episode so mm -hmm. so much so much in it so thank well, you and I'll thank talk you, to you so soon. much all right talk to you soon bye bye and that is the conclusion of part two of what makes Corey lothrop think Corey, you were a blast thank you so much for coming on thank you to those of you that reached out with quotes for the warm-up i really really appreciate it and please make sure to head over to youtube.com forward slash what makes you think podcast and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. There's some great videos on the gymnastics conversations playlist. You can also see the playlists of each guest surprise videos from their episode. And feel free to comment. Let me know what you want to see more or less of. I'll see you guys next week for a mini-sode. Until then, keep thinking outside the box. Bye.